Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. Tonight, I'm joined by the LM to my FAO, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing all right. Is that I'm not your boyfriend, baby? No, that's shot, 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 okay. shot, shot, shot. All right. Shot. I'll, I'll take that, actually, then. Everybody. Shot, 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 shot. Yeah. Yeah, the good old days. Uh, well, this is party time. It's the NFL playoffs. You know, we we had to go underground for a little while. The holidays uh, made the t- amount of time shrunk down to a minuscule amount. And so we missed some preview podcasts and everything else. But we're going to start over with a clean slate, a brand new blank for our picks. Uh, I think I was up by like two or three, but it doesn't matter anymore. It's 0-0 again on the scoreboard for the playoffs this year. And, you know, all those game, all those Texans games I watched, all of that writing, all that video watching, it's all, you know, been to build up to be able to watch genuine good football again. And I'm excited for it. So do you think like this is specifically your treat that you deserve because you had to sit through the pain and the suffering all season long where now you get to watch real football? Yeah, well, it's not my treat, but it's not like wasn't made just for me. But yeah, it's it's the... It's the cherry on the Sunday, you know. Shouldn't you be excited about the extra game then? No, I hate the extra game. But if you like, I would still, f- I would feel better if there was less of them. Okay, so you want the football back, but you only want what you want. Yeah, I don't want the extra week. I don't want the extra playoff teams. I don't want Bucks Eagles. Great, thank you so much. I don't want Chiefs Steelers. Get out of here. It sucks, you know? And the other thing, too, it's like looking at the wild card round also, I think by adding the extra playoff team, too, it kind of, like, decreases the chances for upsets, too. Like, looking at, like, the slate this weekend, like, you know that there's going to be an upset or two, but I just am having a hard time finding one, you know? So you just said, I, I kind of agree with you in some sense because especially a lot of the bottom teams where it's the high seed versus the low seed, you can truly predict some blowouts here, especially with Kansas City, Pittsburgh, maybe even Philly versus Tampa. Those games just seem kind of already done with. So I get with your point where is it even an upset, though, if 49ers beat the Cowboys? I mean, I guess by seed, but... Exactly. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I would say that's an upset. I, I don't I know not. you're already trying to build up you know, your, your shield of armor before... That I'm game just this saying, weekend. It's not that big of an upset to do it to a team where it's more of like evenly matched. If it was happening to the bottom teams, I'd get the upsets, but I don't think any of them are going to lose. If Dallas loses loses to Jimmy, you have to hold the franchise. Gonna talk. We're not even talking about that right now. Yeah, move the team to San Antonio. Call them the the Gunslingers. I would love that, or the Bandits. Cool. The the Wranglers. The Banditos. Ooh. How about the Siestas. Now we're talking. And it's just me taking a nap in front of a cactus. Isn't that just the uh, signal for Los Robertos? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's my favorite logo at all. 
Well, it's because they're open till 4 a.m. Yeah, you eat it, you get either sleepy or you get food poisoning. You know, pick your pill. I never had food poisoning. I would just, I would die in a food coma. The I'm, quesadilla was like three, you would have to take three to-go boxes home to fit the quesadilla. I went out with somebody once and I uh, went to Los Robertos. Afterwards, we had a couple of drinks. And I was sitting there, I was like, my stomach was just really nauseous. And then my friend went and threw up in the bathroom afterwards. Like, after, like, while well, we ate. Like, this was, like, 35 minutes later. And our good friend Tyler got food poisoning from there for, like, three or four days. Like, he said, like, it's the most miserable he ever felt. And he, like, he looked at the cook. He was like, he hasn't washed his hands in, you know, six days, you know. Just back there scratching his butt. COVID for sure shut that place down. No, it's still there rocking. That's That's amazing. You know what? It's probably... It's so infected that it pushes COVID out because whatever it has inside is much worse than what COVID could ever do. That's where COVID came from. It wasn't from a wet market in China. It was from the the back the Los Bolitas bathroom. The bathrooms yes. actually are pretty clean, but from the kitchen there. It, definitely from the kitchen over the bathroom. For a, for a place open 24 hours, the bathroom there was surprisingly clean. Well, that's always a compliment to a restaurant, I feel. Yeah, of course. Especially when it was always the people from the club that would come out after. Oh, never go at 2 a.m. The line is ridiculous. The falls. It's not even there anymore. Oh. I'm sad we never got the chance to go. It's because too many people were stabbed. <laughs> I know. I'm sad we never got the chance to go. <laughs> they, t- they turned the club live into a church, and that made me very sad as well, too. That's good. I think that that's what gets rid of the demons is by putting in a church. We've had so many people die. We need a resting place for them all. Father, come in. Yeah, I mean, it is a godless country, so I can't be too upset about it. But it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I like the idea of the club live being there. There's a lot of churches in this area. We could use one, you know, club that costs $25 to get into. And have Axe body spray smelling everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> How about it's like uh, World War One? They're all like looking and screaming for their gas masks, but it's just because somebody's about to spray a bunch of Axe body spray. A whole bunch of Axe body spray. That's the guy in the bathroom. That's how he works. He just has, what flavor do you want? Phoenix. And it's it's Phoenix. always Phoenix. Phoenix is fire. There's, what was the green one? I, don't I know. can't remember the green one. I just like Phoenix has the logo look cool. Yeah, I just, I think I got the green one only because it was green. Mm, okay. It's, that yeah, the, if you ever were in a locker room in two thousand three, you couldn't even breathe in it because there's so much Axe body spray. That's true. I mean, yeah. it was a whole cloud. It was like a fog in there. Yeah, but you had to be cool if you if you had body Axe spray, then you were considered a popular kid, right? <laughs> I guess so. I think so. <laughs> if you was- didn't carry a binder, you couldn't carry a binder. You had to figure out how, how to put headphones in your jacket so you could listen to, you know, pop punk. Wait, wait. Tell me about the dumbest game on planet Earth was that binder thing. Oh, my. <laughs> good, t- good stuff. Um, so the big news today, though, is the Houston Texans fired head coach David Coley. And so this episode, we're going to talk about the David Coley stuff. We had uh, two sets of listener questions to go through. And then we're going to do our playoff preview where we'll spend 10 minutes in every game. So you have plenty of listening between you know, now and Saturday at... 3.30 once the postseason gets going. But with David Coley, you know, on Black Monday, whenever it came around, they said, well, we're still valuing David Coley. It's like you had 18 weeks <laughs> to evaluate David Coley. Um, like, I don't know what you could possibly be waiting for. But for me, it seemed like they were definitely calling around, taking a look at the head coach market, 
seeing if, you know, if there's anybody that they have in mind that would be open to coming to Houston before they made the decision to you know, fire David Coley. Because he was definitely here like for a placeholder for one year or two years until they actually got like a competent head coaching candidate to be able to kind of like build out the next good Texans team. And so I think if they're like, well, if we're going to fire him now and we're going to you know, make this decision now, we want to make sure that it's a guy that we actually like who can be here for a while instead of like being on this carousel um, all over again. And so I guess with some time between Monday and today, they found a few names or so that they liked that they want to bring here. And then they made the decision to fire Coley um, this afternoon. All right. So do you want my opinion or was that your opinion? Like, for you, for well, that's my opinion. Like from Monday through Thursday, like why it took them four days to fire David Coley. Cause there's a, something that was reported that, well, David Coley was fired because he did not agree to fire offensive coordinator, Tim Coley. I mean, Tim Kelly. And they, they decided to fire him because there was a disagreement over the coaching staff, which doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. All right, Matt. So do you agree with it? With that statement, no. I don't, I don't agree with that statement. I think that's just more like them trying would, to save face. Be it's like, the firing. Oh, yeah, I agree with the firing. No! Yeah, 100%. No! No, I've, wa- I've watched every Texans game this year. I know you did, and so did I. I watched every Texans game like three times this year. <laughs> Matt, can you honestly say though that the team did not fight hard? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. So here's my only theory on why the Texans would fire Coley. It's because they're going to hire Brian Flores, and it's because Brian Flores wants Deshaun, where they think Brian Flores is going to be able to talk to Deshaun and be able to make him stay. That is my only theory to this all, where it makes sense because this was like a an out of the blue firing for me. This was way too soon to fire Coley. Yes, especially when the last game of the season turned into a close game with the Titans. It it was just absolutely abnormal. So the only thing I got on why this makes sense, your next coach is Brian Flores, and it's the Deshaun Watson factor. So, I I mean, I think the problem with David Coley this year, though, is that offensively and defensively, their players are all positioned. They, I think probably Malik Collins, Cameron Greiser Hill are the only two guys who could get like a multi-year contract this offseason with another team. And like we're able to use the Texans as a good jumping off point. And so for that reason, I think they're, they're going to have problems getting free agents to come here to Houston this year because it was like a black hole for a lot of free agents they signed this year. The second thing is that he doesn't know how to manage a football game. He doesn't know how to use his timeouts. He doesn't know how, when to punt. He doesn't know when to kick field goals. He doesn't want to go for it. My favorite part is that Cleveland Browns game where it was like third and 16. They throw a pass that got him like 15 yards and it's fourth and one. And there was a, an offsides penalty, I believe, or some, you know, something like that, like a five-yard penalty. And he ended up turning on the penalty and punting on fourth and one or fourth and two instead of just going for it. And so in the post-game press conference, he goes, yeah, I mean, looking back at it, you know, we should have took the penalty. We should have gone for it on third down against like, no, even you thinking about it is the wrong decision. Even that you went home, you thought about it for a few hours, and you still came up with the with the worst decision. The right decision is to decline the penalty, have fourth and one at the forty yard line, and just go for it. That's the right decision. The right decision is to isn't to accept the penalty, get another third down. That's the second wrong decision. The worst decision was the one he made. Uh, decline the penalty and, and you know, punting, of course. And so it's just like so many things like that. The weird thing about those that Nick Casario's in the headset giving them tips on what to do. So, like, maybe Nick Casario doesn't know what he's doing in that regard. Who knows what you know, David Coley did or didn't do. 
But like I think he was here this year for sure to like keep morale high, keep everybody happy, keep them playing hard, like you mentioned. But I don't think there's any like this was a lost season. They didn't get better at all. Um, it was a stagnated season, and I don't and like if you're not getting better, you know you're getting worse. Even if you're trying to stay the same, and so like this isn't a team with as low of a spot as it is right now that can like have just like seasons where they're just just stuck in the mud without improving. And so I do think it was the right decision because he can't manage a game. There's a lot of like bad offenses and bad defenses this year. They had a lot of players out of position. They're going to struggle in free agents this year. And they just need to like, if they can have a candidate that's good, they should do it this year instead of next year, whenever, who knows who it, will, who it may be. Um, and what you said brings us to our first question from at Confused Lefty. And he asked if, like you just mentioned, if Flores is hired, do you think Deshaun Watson stays? This is actually a really tough one because even with my whole theory here on why I think Texans did it, because even going back to what you said, man, I completely agree before we get into the question. I just want to acknowledge, because I agree with what you mentioned, the only thing is, wouldn't you just hold on to a guy like this for another year then, to your point, and not get rid of him unless you had somebody lined up that you really, really wanted? Yeah, I agree with that. Like That's what I think. I think that's what why they didn't fire him on Monday and they fired him on Thursday is because Flores is interested, Josh McDaniels is interested, Jerry Mayo is interested, some ex-New you know, England psychophant is interested in playing for is, is interested in coaching the Houston Texans because Houston fired uh, Cully, and because Flores is now was rumored to now wanting Deshaun and doing anything, and it was the owner that disagreed with it. I think there is about a seventy, I'm going to say sixty-five to seventy percent chance Deshaun stays if Flores is your coach. Yeah, I I don't buy it at all. I mean, I, I want to, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, this would be the best thing to ever happen. You know what I mean? Well, no, if Flores is your coach, you're saying no still? I don't think Watson would stay, even if Flores is hired. Okay. Like, Watson's never played for him. How does he have such a good relationship with him? Why does he love him so much? He coaches the defensive side of the ball. He had big problems in Miami at finding competent offensive staff to run their offense. Like, George Godsey was the offensive coordinator, and they just ran RPOs and slant routes with Tua. And they had the worst offensive, one of the worst offensive lines in football, had no run game at all whatsoever. And some of that's on, like, Brian Flores, like, making the decisions to build out his staff as well, too. Um, but also, like, I don't know why Flores would want to go to Houston, you know? Because like Chicago's interested in him. Chicago makes more sense than Houston does. Even though I think he'd be in a similar situation than he was currently in in Miami. And like they said he was fired from the Dolphins just because he didn't get along with the owner and the general manager. There was a conflict between the two. And it sounds like the conflict was over Tua and his offensive staff that he had. Well, yeah, but the problem is, Matt, how would you feel? And this is where usually I'm on board with the firing. The problem is... They also won their last, what, six, seven games? Yeah, they won like seven of their last eight. And the other side of that is he never wanted Tua. I think that's what the real problem is, is that he never wanted Tua, so that obviously is never going to go hand-in-hand together if you're not going to get rid of Tua if you're Miami. But the problem problem Miami this year wasn't even Tua. It was that they have a bad offensive line and their backup quarterback is Jacoby Brissett. And it's like, if you have a fragile quarterback, who gets hurt may, may miss two or three games a year. You cannot have Brissett as your backup quarterback. But here's the thing that you have to then question, and this is why I actually kind of agree with Flores, and I don't agree with the firing with him. 
how are you going to feel if you were the one that didn't want Tua and you wanted uh, Sherbert and the owner that, said no? That, did, that didn't happen, though. That did happen. No, it didn't. That, that's what's reported. That I've, he, well, I've read this report. That's, that's not what occurred, though. Man, I read this report last week that he wanted Herbert Sherbert, and that is why he didn't get to say the owner pushed for Tua. Yeah, then he should find a new place to work. He should have quit his job after this year. He shouldn't have been fired. He should just quit. See, but that's... Well, but, but I saw is that that wasn't the case at all. I saw it was just like, organizationally, they didn't align. And maybe that's code for, you know, he didn't want to and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't think if Flores is hired in Houston... I don't think he's going to be hired in Houston. I think Flores has better opportunities out there than Houston at the moment. Houston can't hire a known... After, uh, you know what? Okay. Matt, you, your team would make me lose my damn mind if Houston just fired Coley out of the blue and then they hired some random no-name guy. I would. That's have... probably what they're gonna do. No, Matt. They're gonna Taylor. They're gonna hire Jerry Mayo. I'm telling you, they're going to hire Jerry Mayo. No, stop! I don't want to listen to this right now. They're this going the... to hire Jared Mayo. Your team. I am believing that your team actually did something to try to pull something off. Granted, it's a risk and a roll of the dice, but if they get Brian Flores, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm a little bit more of a believer in the Houston Texans now. Okay, so if you're Flores, would you go to... If you're Flores, would you... Would you, This stupid webpage is so slow. All right, so if you're Flores, would you go to Houston or would you go to Jacksonville, New York, Chicago, Miami... Um, go to Miami, Vegas, maybe if they end up firing their interim head coach. Yeah, I mean he wouldn't go to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> like if your floor is like, which team would you want to go to? It. it I really... would want to go to the Giants and tell them to trade for Deshaun Watson. Oh, That's would... what I would do. <laughs> no. Go to the Giants, trade pick, picks five, six, another first, cut James Bradbury, cut Kyle Rudolph, trade for Deshaun Watson. That's what I would do. You only want that because you just want that trade to happen for you. Mm, maybe, partly. I'm saying like, I think that's the best situation, though, for them. Because they, they have a lot of defensive talent there in New York. If we're being honest, the best situation for him would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yeah, I don't even... they just don't have the defensive talent, though. Like, I think, I think Doug Peterson is the perfect spot for Jacksonville. He has the offense. He would be able to build the they, defense. No, you know what he would do if he was a Jaguars head coach? What would he do? He would, he would they, hire, like, Doug Marone to be the offensive coordinator, and the offense would be bad. <laughs> and then he'd get mad at the offense about it. They would be just fine. I The Jags would be the team to go as far as a winning team that's ready to go. But if he wants to start at the bottom where there's no problems, starting from the bottom now, this is my team, it would be the Houston Texans. Especially Brian Flores would then become a legend. If he did pull off keeping Deshaun. Yeah, it would be. He would be worshipped. And like, you know, honestly, that would be the greatest thing to ever happen. Look, Steven, your response to that. Hate this team. And you would even be like, that's the greatest thing I would ever hear about. That'd be a 30 for 30. Like, like I've heard, like, I just don't know what what Watson did or didn't do. You know what I mean? Like, nobody knows. Although there's no, like, cell phone evidence as, like, this from what's been reported. There's no cell phone evidence. There's no DNA evidence. There's no video. There's no audio. It's just like a he said, she said thing. 
And so like he he said she sells seashells and she gives, I don't know. But that being said, like, I just don't know if he did or didn't do it. And like, you know, I think I would, I would be very happy if Watson was here again (laughs) because of how bad everything is. It's like, I'm already dreading having to watch 14 Davis Mill starts next year. And if Watson came back, I wouldn't have to do that. And then we would have a good quarterback again. Everything else would be easier. I just think it's, it's fairytale land and, it's not going to occur. And I think the Texans are probably the worst spot to go if you're a head coach candidate. Not if you want to start from the ground. No, no. I, I yeah, actually, I mean, of course, like if you want a blank slate and you want to fix everything, but like, man, yeah. I think the worst spot would be Chicago. I, I really, yeah, do. they don't have a first this year, but like, do you, if yeah. you like Fields, they have an old defense that you could like, be good probably in a year. And then Fields, I, I don't know if he's good or not. He just throws the yeah, ball downfield, which I love, but he can't do anything else at all. He can barely throw it downfield. That's Mooney. Like he throws than- it downfield a whole lot. You know, that's what I mean. Mooney takes it to the moon. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think it's like, if you really love Fields, I think Fields is the better spot. But like you mentioned, they have an old team. They have a bad offensive line. They don't have a first round pick, you know? And it's like, if you love Fields, then I think Chicago is a good spot. I think it's going to go. Matt, your team cannot fire somebody like Coley and not have somebody lined up. That is actually. I think a they name. do. I just don't think it's Flores. No, it. I think it's Jared Mayo. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's gonna. Be, I had a tweet last year that was like a picture of the Jonestown massacre when like you know 275 people commit suicide, and I was like the Houston Texans fan base whenever Nick Casario is the general manager and Jared Mayo is the head coach, and then Coley was how I was like, eh, all right, and then here we are again, and it's probably gonna happen. It. It, it shouldn't happen, though. It shouldn't. If that's your next hire, that just shouldn't be the case. It can't be a no-name. It can't be an unproven. It just can't be. You can't do this. And then he's, he's going to have one year, and then they'll get you know, Josh McDaniels next season. Um, like the one thing about Flores, though, it's like he knows how to run a defense. He runs a blitz-heavy, aggressive defense. The Texans don't have anybody on their team that can blitz, which I think is a big problem. They don't have anybody on their team who can play man coverage, which is a big problem. <laughs> um, but, like... You know, he can, I think he has a good eye for talent. And, like, the Dolphins are able to, you know, draft pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the only bad pick they really had was, you know, drafting Noah, you know, I can't say his last name at all, but that cornerback from Auburn who hasn't done anything at all. Like, that was really the only bad draft pick they made defensively. So, like, I think he could build a good defense in two years or so, especially with the draft capital they have this year. But I think it would be, like, two or three years until his defense is any good, though, in Houston. Like they would have like a similar season Miami in 18 where they won awful year with Flores and then you're probably the year after he's able to get some of the guys they likes so they more cap space for 2023. But all in all, like this next season is going to be awful too for the Texans. Not unless you have Brian Flores and he convinces Deshaun Watson. And there we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There I don't think is. it's going to happen, but I would not be upset if it happened. You would be such a believer, man. Season, oh my God, those would, oh my Lord. Could you imagine the reports? It would be all over the meat. Nobody would know what to do with themselves. I wouldn't know what to do myself. I would probably set myself on fire. Yeah, you probably would. You'd go out and buy some jerseys automatically. You're such a poser fan. Um, our next question from Confused Lefty is, what are the positives from the David Coley era that we can take going forward? Friendship? Fighting hard, baby. Fighting hard. Pizza buffets? Orange slices, loving your job and your life, and God and your family, making the most of every day, making the most of every opportunity. Also, if you're close to retirement, 
take that management job. If you fail, who cares? You can just retire and make and cash out and get a higher pension, you know? Cash out, take get yeah. out of that responsibility. Work there for one year, two years, get out. Raise yeah. up that pension for you, you know? I mean, I think David Coley is a beautiful soul. He's a beautiful man, but he shouldn't be a head coach of a football team. They should never sign him last year. And uh, it was funny when they did, and we thought maybe he makes it two years. And then pretty early on the season, it's like, he shouldn't make it longer than one year. And so here we are. No, I still don't believe any of this. I think what I loved about David Coley more than anything, especially watching last year's team versus this year, this year's team fought. I can keep yeah, they fought. I can keep saying this over and over again, but nobody expected them to win four games. Nobody expected them to be I, able to do I anything. picked them to win four games exactly. Okay, well, you're a hater that would hope that they lose or that they win none. So I don't want to hear anything from you right now. I'm a prophet, dude. You're not the prophet. I'm a prophet, fact, baby. You know why you're a fake prophet? It's because if you have Brian Flores and it gets Sean Watson, then you turn into a puddle of mud. <laughs> All That's right, look, look at this tongue. Look at this tongue. It's not yeah. forked. Yeah, it's a puddle of mud. It's a, you just got to turn into a big softy. That's it's, it. It's not forked at all. Um, it's a flat tongue. I just think that Coley deserves another shot, at least at something. Do you want to hear my favorite David Coley quote? Yeah. He was like, Aaron, I was in Baltimore, and it worked. I was in Buffalo, and it worked. I was in Kansas City, and it worked. I know what's going to work because I've been those places, and it worked. <laughs> I was like, sure, you're the wide receivers coach, and all those wide receivers are bad when you were there. <laughs> you are such a hater. You are such a hater. You think that, again, you compliment him, and then you spit on him all at once. He's beautiful. And yet... His quarterback was injured. It Terod would have been taking it all to the to the to the playoffs. He would have had it all. But no. But Taylor no. had one good half. Doesn't matter. You still played well and nobody expected your starting quarterback to go down. And the fact that Cole Yeah, we all expected it to happen. No, you just thought they had puncture his lung again. No, I thought he was gonna get hurt. I was like, Yeah, he may play six games and he played one half. Or he played one and a half games. It was one and a half. I'm Don't sorry. Say. I'm sorry, Tyrod. He was the dream. Um, but yeah, like just like love life, love being alive, love being in love, love loving. That's what I learned but about David Coley this year. <laughs> okay, um, have a home, live life, love it. <laughs> bonus is David Coley the most beautiful scapegoat hire of all time, given how he genuinely seemed to be having the time of his life after every all after every loss. I. Maybe, but I I still don't get the scapegoat thing. Nobody expected the Houston Texans to do anything. So it's the fact of you have to hold well, on. He, he just means that like they were bad this year and rather than be like, oh, they were we were bad because the players we signed were bad because our draft picks didn't make that much of an impact even though they started. They fired David Cole and blamed it on him. That's what he means by scapegoat. That's what I mean. How is nobody expecting Houston to do how are you blaming anything on Coley this year? Well, I'm saying like that was the question. Like, is he the greatest scapegoat hire of all time because of how happy he was even after every loss? No, he is not. I would say, man, I don't know because it was one year. I, yeah, he probably is. If somebody hired Marvin Lewis again, maybe that. But if <laughs> he's, this, he's out there. He's still out there. He's Jim, still Jim Caldwell will get a job before Marvin Lewis, but they probably both never will. I agree. I just, yeah, I would say that Coley has to be. It was one season. You were truly a substitute teacher. It was the teacher was out because she was pregnant. Like, you just, that's the only reason why you were here. Yeah. And, and that's where it's, it's, 
I hate it. I hate it. He doesn't deserve this. Well, also the funny thing, too, is last year is that they were the first team to fire head coach, you know, Bill O'Brien, so they get a head start on the head coaching surge, and they're the last team to hire head coach last year. Do you love that Bill lost in Alabama? Oh, yeah. That was the best thing about the season was <laughs> Alabama losing the championship game. And seeing a picture of Bill O'Brien sitting in his seat. Yeah, screaming. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Yeah, it was the best thing about this season was watching. He sucks, you know? He sucks. And there's all this like, revisionist history that Brian's like, he was a pretty good coach, a bad GM. He sucked as a coach. The only thing that was good about him was that he had a lot of talent and he had a great defense, and they played this really boring, drawn-out, run-heavy, have two good drives a game offense that you know, work because they had talent. Um, but I guess, I guess Jacksonville, Chicago, Denver, Miami, Minnesota, and the Giants are head coaching spots. I put Houston below all those teams. Like if I was Flores, like I'd rather go to any of these teams except no. for Houston. No, you're out of your mind. He's going to be coming to Houston because he wants to shine. It's going to be, all... it's going to be Jared Mayo. No, you even said that he wants to, if he would want to go to Chicago because he wants some fields action. I think he wants to come to Houston because he wants some Deshaun action. I, I, I think Minnesota would be good for him, too. No, I don't think so. By the way, hold on, Minnesota? Yeah. Tell me you saw the Zimmerman burn. Tell me you saw the greatest oh, burn. Oh, about on Kellamond? Oh, my. Yeah, we see him every day. <laughs> that is the best. Any person that is listening to this needs to look up the Kellamond thing of what Zimmerman said. Are you going to take a look at uh, Mond this week? No. Why not? Why wouldn't you take a look at Mond? I see him every day. <laughs> it's the meanest thing I've ever heard somebody say. And he said it like he was pissed off, like the reporter was stupid. Yeah, uh, that was great. And like Zimmer, I guess, is just really mean. And he's, I guess he it, built a, cult, a culture of fear is how they described it there. Um, so our next questions are from at found of HOU Sports. He has the first thing David Coley buys for himself once he retires. It sounds like he made like somewhere between 6 to $8 million for one year of coaching the Houston Texans. I think what he's going to do is he's going to buy, buy the entire city of Sparta, Tennessee up. He's going to buy every house, buy every small business, and he's just going to own the entire city. And then he's going to change the name to Coley, Tennessee. I think he's going to buy a yacht, and then he's going to name it after himself. And he's going to be like the Coley. So he can watch horror movies on there and eat popcorn. That's exactly what he's going to do. I think that's where his life is going to I be. Think he, I think a houseboat. He's more of a houseboat guy. Well, no, it just seems a like... Yacht's too, a yacht's too flashy yeah. for him. No, he's going to get a, ho- a houseboat and put it on a lake in Tennessee. I was going to say, though, tell me, though, he's not going to be living in there, taking the photos of himself, of him fishing every single day, of then, like, if his wife is there, like, yeah, selfies. No, I mean, I think he's going to send that to Cal McNair and Nick Casario, but he doesn't. he's not a Twitter guy. I'm just saying that's what he's going to do in his retired life because that's what they do. Yeah, I mean, oh, he'll post on on Facebook. Yeah, that's yeah, who they are. What do they old people use these days? Facebook. Yeah, or isn't it like the Meta or something? I don't know. No, that's for um, the kids so they can create the Matrix and harvest their their energy to power cities to feed like the robots. Harvard. Got it. That meme was really funny with uh, the fork, the Neo coming out of the bubble and the Matrix screaming. I was forklift certified. (laughs) That's a great one. Um, His next question is, if you ran an NFL franchise, what position, if any, would you have Coley? I would give him um, cultural coach. 
So Again, he would just he would just be there for like speeches and like handshakes and smiles and hugs and kisses, you know. I would allow him to be my head coach for one season, and then I would move him to head of HR. So he and should I, coach the Giants then. Yes, Giants need a cultural shift. They need a guy like Coley. They've been so yeah. angry over there. Exactly. Where after the whole Joe Judge nonsense, they need somebody to be able to lift those spirits again. They need a type of David Coley atmosphere. So I think that wouldn't be a bad fit for a year or two. And then once the positive atmosphere is now there, then you fire him and then you bring in somebody tough. Just like what the Texans are doing. Except, Well, if it's Brian Flores, then yeah. It's crazy. It's wonderful if it's Brian Flores. Uh, But yeah, well, also, so the Giants head coaches, Joe Judge, Pat Schumer, remember Pat Schumer? He was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings for their NFC run. He lasted two seasons there. And then Coughlin was replaced by Ben McAdoo. Remember everybody called him Ben McAdoo? Uh, he lasted like a year and a half. He benched Eli Manning famously to end his career game start streak. And then Steve Spagnola was able to take over for the head coach for four games in the year. And then they had two years to Joe Judge, and now it's uh, on on the next one. But Coughlin was there from 04 to 16, or 04 to 15, and they've had you know three head coaches already in six years since then. So um, maybe they can add another one like David Coley. Yeah, well, I just I don't know what the New York Giants are doing. They're going to trade for Watson. Well, no, no, they're not going to do that. They're going to sign Flores and trade for Watson. They're not going to do that. This is a complete re- rebuild when it comes to the New York Giants, where they're I just don't gonna, think so. They, they don't have enough money this year to do a complete rebuild. What are they going to do? They're just going to keep all their injury prone players. Yeah. They're all injury prone. They're going to cut like two or three guys to create some cap space. And they if they don't trade for Watson, they're going to try to give oh Daniel Jones one more year, draft an offensive lineman or two high in the draft, We're and try up. it again next year. There we go. Okay. Or they can Matt, cut, cut three theory. or four guys. Get away from this theory and get on the Brian. Sign Brian Flores and then trade for Deshaun Watson. No, no, no. I think Brian Flores needs to be able to get ready for the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson needs to get ready to stay and put on that red and blue uniform once again. I think, no, he would look, he would look good in New York. Watson would look good there. If he's in my division, I'm going to beat your That's ass. That's what you're mad about. The, he, love, he wants the big city, Taylor. He craves the big city. Houston can give him that big city feel, and then they would welcome him back as if he was a hero. They would welcome him back, and everybody would blame Bill. Everybody would burn. I think like- the problem with the Watson-Houston thing is I don't think he likes the owner very much, and he doesn't think the owner has any idea what he's doing. Which is why if the owner brings in Brian Flores and says, you have total control, and Brian Flores goes to Sean and says, hey, I have total control. Why would he like Flores so much, though? I don't understand. Because he wants Deshaun to stay. In all honesty, that's really my theory to all this, is that your owner truly wants Deshaun to stay because it's the only way for him to be able to keep fans. That's the yeah. only thing. And he doesn't want to deal with the team, so why not get a coach that, in my opinion, is proven to be decent here. So why not get a guy that you could trust to put in control, give him the trust so that you can keep your guy? Um, it's interesting. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's interesting. Uh, his, his next question was, how much money being burned, will it take, being burned will it take for Cal McNair before he starts wondering what's happening? So McNair has probably spent like $35, $40 million between Watson, O'Brien, and Coley for them to, and Brian Gain to just fire him after a year or have him sit and not play. 
I don't think it matters at all. He has uh, billions of dollars. I was going to say, There's man. no amount. He, he's like $42 million to him. That's like losing a quarter on the couch, you know? How many bills is he worth? I don't Probably two or three. That's still not a lot, though. That's a lot. I went to, I went to Home Depot the other day, and I bought my wife a Kit Kat bar, and I lost it somehow leaving the store to get in the house. And that's probably the equivalent for Cal McNair spending this money on Game, Watson, O'Brien, and Coley for them not to be here at all. Okay, so it, they say it's 4.1 bill, according to Forbes, in 2018. For the Texans' worth? Uh, for McNair's. His personal work. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's like losing a Kit Kat bar. Yeah. I, I'd say that too. I you know what though? It just and it's really disappointing because it's weird to me if you're an owner of a team, and that's what it seems like, which is why I'm hoping I'm right with the Florence theory. Why does it seem like the Texans fan say he just doesn't care? Meaning he doesn't even I think like because it rhymes well. Like I think he cares. I just think the problem with McNair is that he's a dullard, you know? Like he doesn't understand he doesn't know anything about football. And so he has Jack Easterby running the show, telling what to do and not do. And he doesn't know what he's doing either. And But that's like his best friend. And so I think that's the promise that he's just been listening to the wrong people because he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know anything about football at all. I just, I don't know. And also, like, he's, a, he's, a, he's like Billy Madison, you know? He's grown up rich his whole life. He doesn't know what the regular person likes. He doesn't know much of anything at all, you know? So you're saying that he should have gone back to school for two weeks. He went to the University of Texas and graduated. That doesn't he got an MBA from the University of Texas. That doesn't give me anything. Come on, Matt. Don't even. Come on. Yep. Come on. I got a degree from somewhere. You know what that means? That means a lot. And the, the University of Texas, what starts here, ruins the world, you know? Whatever. UTSA is going to be better than everybody soon. There we go. I hate that. Texas State, you can go to hell. Yeah. Uh, and his last question was biggest lesson re- slash, I guess, ha- sl- I guess it's a slash biggest lessons slash realization learned from this mess. Um, like the Texans are like a bottom five, you know, seller team. We've had a few glimpses out from the abyss and above the surface, but this is where we belong. They, this four cool. wins is the usual. We'll have a few good years once a decade, but typically this is kind of how it is. And like, there's no bottom to it. It's going to get dumb. It's probably going to get dumber. I don't think it, there's an end inside how dumb it's going to be. Um, but, like, just, like, if you, if you need the Texans to make you feel good and happy, you got to find something else to make you feel good and happy because I don't, this is, like, an entertainment thing, but your, your self-worth should be tied to this football team because, like, again, it's dumb, and it's going to get dumber probably. Okay. Nobody should listen to the depressed monologue of Matt. I just want to be Mopey Weston. I'm not trying to be Mopey. Nobody wants this to is listen. Good advice. Nobody wants to listen to your negativity nonsense. Okay, shove it up your ass. Look, I'm a Texans fan. Look at this no, cup. No, you're a poser. Get that cup out of my face. What I'm saying though, when it comes to this team, everybody should be positive if Brian Flores comes. If you are right on Mayo, then I'm going to buy into everything you just mentioned as bottom four. Texans deserve this. This is where you belong. I'm going to believe in all of that malarkey. But I'm not. Right now, I am holding out hope. This is the one show where I can hold out hope because I'm in limbo where nobody knows what's going to happen. So I can't go on full board with your depression. I'm going with the onboard of positivity. 
And that's where I'm at because all you need is for somebody else to take the reins for somebody that knows exactly what they're doing. That's it. And you have an owner that probably is willing to give somebody control at this point because at least he's not Jerry Jones and thinks that he's smarter than everybody. Well, yeah. I mean, he is smarter than everybody, though, Taylor. Well, yeah, but that's true. But, but I all- think this, but that's it. What you had an answer that was beautiful. You just said, I think that's what you learned from this mess. Be positive. All you need is somebody to come in and fix things. You know, it's a, it's a real Marvel movie sort of idea here. But like, well, I, I do think like firing Cole was the right decision. The bad decision that was hiring David Cole to begin with. Well, this was expected, you know? I disagree, man. It's like what we just talked about of the Giants hiring him. I think after the down in the dumb season of Houston had, you needed to be able to at least see the team work hard in a try and to be in good spirits. At least your team was that. I mean, if it's better than Urban Meyer. Exactly. Exactly. Way to compare. You want that type of season? Oh, my God. If you're a Jags fan, could you imagine going into the season with that new head coach being like, hell yeah. Look, we got Lawrence. We got Robinson. We got Chark. We got everything. And then that happens. Oh, my God. Now, you talk about going 10 feet under and drowning yourself times. If you're a Jags fan, you can go in that pool all right. Have you seen their, like, uh, clown stuff about firing their general manager, Trent Baalke? No. So, Trent Baalke was the old 49ers GM, got fired. His big thing is he loves to draft injured players because he thinks he can get value on them. All these injured players never end up playing again because they've torn their ACL five times, you know. Um, but they're all upset because they fired Meyer, and then Balky was going to stay around to be the GM another year. So they all train, changed their Twitter emojis to clown faces with the owner's mustache, responded to everything the Jaguars posted. Um, they dressed like clowns to the Jaguars Colts game, which the Jaguars won, of course, in clown costumes. And they even did like a, you know the trivia thing we saw at the Texans game. They did something similar at the Jags game. They go, all right, what's your answer? And they go, see, fire Trent Balky, and the whole crowd erupts, you know. Uh, they're all in on this GM, GM going to be fired. They're not going to fire him, you know, but um, they're very good at what they do. I wonder what the Jags are going to do. Talk about having, even though they're, they're trying to get Doug Peterson. Really? I bet. They should. That's not a bad idea for the Jags. That'd be fun for Lawrence, too. Yeah, they should. Doug P's a good guy for that team. I, and plus... They're trying to get out of that contract with Meyer anyways, which is hilarious. Yeah, like is uh, the grounds for dismiss- dismissal or whatever still to pay him? Uh, by the way, yeah, I would actually be suing him too. Come on, man. You try to get yourself fired. You kidding I me? I still can't believe he didn't take the plane right home. Man. <laughs> that was the best story from this last season. That is the greatest thing I've ever heard. He's fingering a butt crack. It's not even the fact that he cheated on his wife. It's the fact that you stayed behind and said, all right, team, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> hey, I'm really big in Ohio, if you Matt, didn't know that. That's worse than what Odell did before the playoffs of going to Miami. I would consider... Oh, the what, boat picture? Yes, I would consider what Meyer did worse. I forgot about the boat picture. Nobody should forget about the boat picture. I should have made that the I should have made that the the Twitter question picture. You should. I got I got to remember that tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Um, well, do you have any closing thoughts on this whole David Coley thing before we move forward? No, because I think I'm going to be right on this, and I think you're going to be wrong on this, and I think I'm. It's going to be Mayo Taylor. It's not going to yeah. be Flores. It's going to be Jared Mayo. So yeah. uh, this is so last year. No, stop it. No, l- listen, listen. 
So yeah. there's this beat reporter for the Texans named Aaron Wilson. He used to write for the Houston Chronicle. Now he's with like Sports Radio 7, 790 or whatever. Um, he wrote an article out of the blue about why Jared Mayo is a great head coaching candidate. And nobody even thought about him being a head coach. No, he had never been a DC before. His name has never popped up at all. And this is like during the Texans head coaching, pro, like hiring process, interviewing process. And they interviewed him too. And we're like, where did this come from? Like, who paid you to write this? Like, it was out in the blue. It was strange. Nobody like had any idea where it came from. And I think Jared Mayo is the guy. I think they wanted to make sure that Mayo had a better team before they hired him. So that way Mayo wasn't given a 4-13 and team. They hired him out of the blue. Everybody's upset about it if it doesn't work out. And now, like, he's going to have a little bit of a better team next year because he has draft picks and some other things. But that's why I think it's going to be Mayo, though. I just don't see how that makes sense. And it's this simple, too. Matt, how does that put butts in the seats? It's the Texans, Taylor. Nothing makes sense. Okay, but how does that put butts in the seats? How no, is that... They don't care. They make so much money. It doesn't matter. But this, is, but this is so different to me because the reason why I'm saying that it, it just can't be true, that's like me and you or I'm working at a job and I'm doing this and this and this where nobody is then paying attention because what I'm doing is so terrible that, that I, then, I then decide to hire you, my best friend, and nobody's going to question it because nobody's there to question it, and everyone's just going to accept it because it's already in a crappy place. Then getting my friend hired. Is that what he's doing? He's just getting his friend a job? That's what they all do, though. That's what all these ex-New England people do. They leave New England, and they just hire other ex-New England people. And it doesn't work, and they it try, and then some other dumb dumb team tries it all over again. Isn't Flores an ex New England guy? Yes, he's supposed Boo. to be the he was supposed to be the only good ex New England guy. No, but there, well, I'm telling you though, there we go. I, no, that's but like all three coaching candidates that have been rumored to the Texans: McDaniel's, Flores, yeah. and Mayo. No, Taylor's right. Taylor's right. You we don't know it. yet. We we'll find it. out next week, maybe, or maybe in two weeks oh, we'll find out. I got it. You're not right yet. Dude, New England guy, just fired, already had a prominent record. Oh, my God, we're doing it. Texans! Jared Mayo, weird article wrote about him, played for the Patriots whenever Nick Casario was there when they won Super Bowls, has been underneath Bill O'Brien, I mean, Bill Belichick, last year's coaching, positional coach, um, great leader, motivator. Boom, he's coming to Houston. No. Strange no, article I... ran about him out of nowhere. He's coming to Houston. All right, Matt. I'm going to bet you a $2 bill. Uh, you sure. A $2 bill. It has to be a $2 bill. Okay. All right. I'm a tasiographer, Taylor. I don't know what you're trying I mean, to say. That's somebody who reads tea leaves. It's a tasiographer. What do you mean somebody that reads tea leaves? Why are you reading tea leaves? Are you saying that's like the Harry Potter witch lady? No, it's like a, it's like another, like it's a fortune teller sort of thing. You read the tea leaves, you yeah, know, I know. crystal ball, you read palms. Somebody who reads tea I'm leaves is called a tasiographer. Yeah, Harry Potter. Well, that's divination, right? <laughs> it's Harry Potter, you son of a... It's not Harry Potter. Um, well, so we're going to stop the show. This is uh, a long, very fun conversation about the Texans firing David Coley. You know, these are memories that we'll have forever. I'll always remember his big, wet tongue. Uh, all the double bubble he would chew on the sideline, how like bewildered and excited and confused he was able to look all at once. 
um, some of the insane decisions he made, you know, game in, game out. Some beautiful press conferences where he talked about how little he's going to watch football <laughs> during his time off, during Thanksgiving and things like that, how he does not watch football in his free time. Um, even though, like, he can learn things about watching other teams play, and that's why, that's his job. But good for David Cole. I'm happy for him. The Texans made the right decision, um, but we'll see Jared Mayo next year. So, here in a little bit, until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ballard Radio, and I'll talk to you again in a second, Taylor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 